think a lot of people in the health and wellness space have a lot to say about the brands that they love and the Mm. products that they love and they're all convenience things that you probably can just make yourself for a lot less money oh but we all think we kind of need it to be like as paleo as we can be or whatever it is You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. Hello. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you? Uh, I, I'm always trying to be truthful when people ask me that question. Because <laughs> your first, re- I don't know about you, but my first reaction is to be like, I'm good. But my body is failing me. <laughs> so I'm okay, but my body's not happy with me. I feel like we're in the same boat. I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday, actually, about how when someone asks me how I am, I try to be truthful mm-hmm. and not a Debbie Downer, but just real. Yeah, just be like, I'm all right. I've had the better days. Yeah. Yeah. I think authentic is a good word, right? <laughs> Hopefully, yes. I think so. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm doing all right. I just, um, I've hit a wall physically that I knew would come, but I didn't expect it to be the things that I'm dealing with. So since last, so today's a Thursday, since last Friday, I have injured my middle finger <laughs> and somehow injured my back. I'm just picturing you with like a wrap around your middle finger. I wish having to be like extended all the I, time. <laughs> I might be flipping Genevieve off via Zoom right now. <laughs> I wish that that was part of my solution. Like the, I went to three different places trying to find something that would like stabilize my hand because it's right at my knuckle. And it's like, it's like trigger finger. It's almost like tendonitis, but it was probably, I've had tendonitis before actually in like elbows, uh, what is it? Tennis elbow. I've had that before. That sucked. But this is like, you don't realize how much you use certain fingers until you can't, or it hurts so bad. This happens to me when I'm using like a super sharp knife or cut my finger on like the mandolin. Oh. <laughs> it's, always a, it's always a kitchen accident for me. Surprise, surprise. It's like, um, hashtag cooking problems. Hashtag cook problems. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, you know, I'll get some sort of like significant cut and look at it's it and over. be like, okay. All right. I am officially, I'm, I just quit. Like I'm done. I'm going to hire a chef. I'm going <laughs> to have a babysitter every day. I can't even do life. Cause I'm I can't, like, I can't do laundry. I hurt. Oh I hurt my finger. It doesn't like, and then you try to shower for the first time and yeah. that hurts a lot. I know for me, it was right? getting dressed and getting undressed and opening and closing doors <clears throat> and any food containers, period. This is like the definition of first world problems. Oh my word. <laughs> I was just like, okay, at this point I was ready to like strap like my, um, <laughs> my tennis ball to my hand because it was the right shape. 
because every other shape hurt to like go straighten or bend or getting knocked from side. I was so frustrated. But how's it feeling now? Um, it's been it'll be a week tomorrow, and it finally. I'm yesterday was the first day I felt like a normal human being, like I could put my clothes on without wanting to cry and that's exciting it was exciting i was like okay well and the other part of it was is i wasn't really interested in taking anti-inflammatory medication it just always messes me up like if it was Mm. a really like a true injury like something that really required it i would take it but i was like okay i'm just i'm gonna be really careful and i'm gonna try to immobilize it and i'm gonna try to eat right and like help my body out here so I'm doing better. I'm to the point now where I can almost function like a normal human being. But now I'm kind of nervous to go back to my normal lifting schedule because um, it had to do the injury. It, there wasn't a specific incident that I was like, oh, I injured myself. It was about an hour and a half after I lifted on Friday that mm. I was like, dude, what the, what's going on with my hand? Like, And then it just progressively got worse after that. And so it was like once I cooled down and from working out, then I was like, Ow. <laughs> and it was super cold that weekend it was the weekend it snowed big time in the pacific northwest and something about the super super cold weather and then like the tight tightness of my hand just made everything worse mm-hmm. so i like walked around with those hand warmers in my hand which really helped but trying to get kids in and out of snow gear was torture because <laughs> you know they want to get in and out of it like four or five times a day no i like <laughs> You have right. so much more patience than well, I do. Well, got uh, out of my with hair. Little, with, <laughs> little man, I w- I, with little man, I basically told him, listen, kid, we're going to go out twice a day. You get to go out before nap and then you get to go out after nap and that is we're done. Gosh. So I just we just stayed out there for a long time. Yeah, right. This is going to be out. We're going to stay out. Well, and I couldn't really complain. Like my husband was off like shoveling neighbors driveways no, which was so kind of him, but I was just like, okay. By the second day of snow, I was just like, you guys have learned how to put your clothes on, all right? Okay, cool. Okay, oh, cool. you got snow in your boots? That's too bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oblige your rebellion at its full capacity. Oh, oh, oh hardcore! I was like, I've had enough of that. F, I'm that. done. Uh, so and then uh, I don't know what happened to me yesterday. I was pulling on my daughter's laundry basket which was very full mind you but I wasn't lifting it all the way off the ground but I had I had it in my hand firmly and I was pulling up on it and I turned to say something to my daughter when she was I was standing in her doorway and my back just started to hurt intensely and it just got worse and it's the twisting kind so I'm still trying to like I have an appointment with my chiropractor but I'm just trying to mitigate it and do the heat packs and figure it out but it's got it's got me worrying about my workout schedule you know injury after because I've been doing it for six weeks now and yeah, it's hard to have something knock you out of that routine that you've worked so hard to build exactly that was exactly the point I was going to make as I am today was the first day that I've purposely taken a day off when I really normally would have been at the gym and it was hard. It was hard to be like, get out of my groove and get out of my schedule. And like, I, I yeah. did. I fought nail and tooth for that schedule. So I'm just trying to figure out what, what do I do now? <laughs> well, I would still go to the gym to keep your habit. That's what I've been this is doing. me giving advice, unsolicited advice on air. <laughs> no, give it to um, me. <laughs> go anyway and do something that feels good. 
whatever it is um what just like walk on the treadmill or um okay so what what do you advise for a potential finger injury so like pulling is really challenging Uh um hip flexor issues which i'm working on and is getting better and back pain i mean you're pretty much covering all the bases there right right? i did i did calf workouts I mean, I I think this is a question for Dr. Laurel. Oh, oh I've been working <laughs> with sure. her. She's gave me great right. PT stuff, but oh, she's so lovely. It's um, weird being in the gym and not I think, actually lifting and like. Being, yeah, I think it's just going to be moving. You know, just moving. Yeah, getting to the. You got it. You're going to just have to change the definition of what that looks like for you. I feel Going lost in, right now. doing some doing some foam rolling and some stretching and <laughs> hopping on the tread. Do hopping on the treadmill listening to your favorite podcast getting a walk in something like that and otherwise i would say walk outside but the weather is kind of heinous these days i know i'm so. looking at the weather out my window right now and it's awful yeah but like every listen everybody who's listening has probably gone through something like this before right. which you is why end up feeling limited physically and i feel like it always happens when you've got this great new habit and you're so proud of yourself and you're doing great. And for me, I just have to continue to hold space for that habit, even if I have to change what it is. Otherwise it will go away completely. And that's exactly where I'm at that. I, I know that about myself too. So I'm hundred percent feel yoga? what you're saying. Some yoga. I can't put pressure on my hand until it's totally healed. That's been the hard well, just part. Don't, for me. don't do the moves that require pressure on the hand. You know, anytime you're doing Anytime you're doing plank, you can do on forearms. I mean, I'm already just like modifying the, everything. <laughs> that's fine. More modify it more. What's the difference, right? Oh, uh, I know, and I think that's been the other hard part for me is I didn't realize the value of a like a regimen. Like I was hardcore leaning on it because I loved being able to walk in the gym and just do and not think. Yep. And I'm yep. having to think, which is hard. It so is. you need to think before you need to go into the gym next and make a plan yeah. so that when you go in you don't have to think yeah so that's that's where i'm at so i'm I'm okay i'm okay like really life is great the snow's gone and i'm thankful oh i'm so sad i'm thankful because dude living on the top of a hill with snow <laughs> is just not. No. i live on the top of several hills <laughs> i know there's no there's no non-treacherous way to get to and from my house same where, where we're at and uh we had so for those of you who are listening, we had our version of Snowmageddon slash snow short. hashtag Snowpocalypse, <laughs> and then we were supposed to get like feet on feet or you know however many oh, yeah. inches or, or like what, what Seattle have got. you, <laughs> right? That's what we were supposed to get, but the temperature changed, and so what happened was we got a bunch of snow, it froze, and it was super slick, and then the next few days we got inches and inches of rain and it turned everything into a giant slushy mess which is kind of how oregon and washington do snow usually (laughs) yeah for real unless you're in the mountains so i everyone prepared i was i went went to the grocery store the friday before we're supposed to get time (laughs) i before we were supposed to get this storm right and Mm -hmm. People were crazy. I mean, oh I went to I went to a couple of different places, but I went to Winco specifically because I always buy my Kerrygold butter from Winco. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be talking about some budget hacks for a real food based lifestyle here in yes. a second. Cassie knows uh, all buy Kerrygold from Winco if you're in the so um, not Costco. No, it's cheaper at Winco, oh. and 
as total side note, but as a baker, I prefer unsalted butter because I want to be able to control the salt and whatever I'm cooking. Mm -hmm. And so I don't use salted butter and I don't like it. (laughs) I just don't, I don't like salted butter. It's not as good to me. It doesn't taste as fresh. Oh, interesting. Uh, So all of that to say, I went to the grocery store and the line was like around the perimeter of the entire store. This is a big ass warehouse style grocery oh store. Oh my Winco. word. It was crazy. So I managed to like weasel my way into like the right side of the line. And then they had like flaggers, people flagging people into lines. And they're like, oh, if you're going to do self-checkout, which I always do self-checkout there because I usually don't have that much stuff that I'm oh buying. Gosh. And dude, I just went to that self-checkout and I, everyone was just like, what just happened? How did you do that? <laughs> Like, like I, I don't know right place right time people i'll see you later bye yeah, have right fun. place right time been here before <laughs> see you later uh so all of that to say it was it was a special grocery shopping experience but it was all my regular grocery shopping that i needed to do it wasn't you know we just needed food for whatever yeah but everyone and their grandma was freaking out about a five day potential five day storm i'm like how what do you really need for five days that you don't we already had, have or you don't yeah like, and we, plan we had like 45 50 degree weather forecasted on the other end of it it's all going to melt it's gonna be fine yeah it's gonna be fine people so we got about uh we got almost a foot probably like 10 or 12 10 or 11 inches somewhere in there and it was super beautiful on the Mm. property and we have a great sledding hill and little man got to just sled he kind of like woke up really confused the few days after (laughs) the snow had like started to melt and he was just like where what do you mean we don't get to go sledding today? Like, Aww. where's the snow? My snow. He said my snow is melting and I don't oh, like it. My snow is <laughs> really oh, cute. My goodness. Oh, That's so we so had a lot sweet. of fun, and it was good for me. I got to slow down a little bit, mm-hmm. but man, I uh, need. To, I'm a little behind on work. That's the real, real right now. I know every slowdown has its has its uh, after effect, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I mean it's making you slow down. So. <laughs> oh well other than the the weather how have you been what else is up good um I there's not a whole ton up I mean I'm just kind of continuing to be consistent with my self-care and not allowing I've had a couple of little injuries as well some back issues earlier this week that I got taken care of quickly all the things aligned and I was able to get in for a massage and a chiropractic appointment thank goodness so grateful to have my own practitioner in the tiny little town that I live in um that's gold that is absolute gold it's gold she's amazing and basically got that taken care of and I'm just trying to stick to my my self-care checklist that I've been doing a la Danica Breisha and like the brunch series event that I did and kind of taking some time to reflect on those self-care pieces and what needs to go and what can stay and what's actually working versus what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and yoga has been still so lovely. I was really, so I had a back injury this week and I was really tempted. I was like ready to take my exercise to the next level. Oh, same. Um, and my body was like, that's hilarious. You're so funny. <laughs> You're so funny. And I had a moment where I was like, I probably shouldn't be taking it to the next level. It's just the natural thing 
that I want to do, even though it might not be the right thing for me because I get competitive in this space of, of exercise. So I'm sticking to my lifting and a little bit of sprinting and yoga. And it's felt really good to just be like, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to what I'm doing. So there's that. Stick it to your guns. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm trying not to go too nuts with that and just stay in the lane that I set for myself rather than veer out of it. Cause I'm like, okay, let's take it to the next level. It's time. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I, I can be so intense sometimes and it's actually really frustrating for me. I honestly, I think that that is the other end of like people thinking that, Oh, I'm just so lazy. I can't go to the gym. Well, there, there is an opposite problem. That's where you can go too hard and you have that mentality of like, let's, let's do this. Cause I relate to that very much. So yeah that's my three wing (laughs) yep so nothing really new over here just trying to continue to stick to habits that I've formed over the last like three four or five weeks or so and uh adjust as necessary rather than let things kind of fall by the wayside it's kind of what I do I'm the classic person who has no new year's resolutions by February or March (laughs) I say I just don't set the intentions because I get frustrated. Yeah, I mean, I I don't anymore because of that. You know, it's it's all about reading Atomic Habits from James Clear was really eye opening for me. But he just talks so much about reducing friction around the things that you want to accomplish. And then Laurel said something in her stories the other day. So our friend Laurel Prue, who uh, is a, a physical therapy, doctor physical therapy, um, has a business over at fem.unfolding. And I'll share that in the show notes with you guys again and again, forever and ever. And she said something in her story. She was in a training and they had them write down the things that you do that will ensure that you fail. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) whoa. And then her stories went away because it was the 24 hour thing. And I messaged her right away and I was like, I just listened to that and I need to listen to it again please send it to me. So she sent me the whole video series again. So I've got it in my, my DMS, but I, I was like, I need to hear that again. So I sat down and wrote down the things that I do that make it almost like ensure that I'm going to fail. And then I've been trying to like flip that from a positive perspective and say, okay, well, how can I increase friction to keep myself from doing those things? Mm -hmm. And then how can I decrease friction to get me to do the opposite thing? So it's been an interesting exercise and interesting um, and she doesn't have it highlighted I don't know maybe I think I I think I suggested that she did but it was just a little side note but just that that one kind of prompt to and I'm trying to uh, just taking the positive route because obviously you can take the negative route with that for sure but just thinking about what are the things it's just like what gets in your way what are your roadblocks you know yeah and uh what what's the friction that's in the way of you doing the things you say you want to do yeah it's so. all about it's all about knowing all these things about yourself like I think that's what the fascination behind the Enneagram typing is for me mm-hmm. is knowing my pitfalls knowing my roadblocks and choosing to not get there like let's just not let's just not go there we don't need that I mean you have to put things in place to actively keep yourself from that place mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So and mine, my Enneagram eight stuff is basically like forsaking myself to accomplish the greater mission and the greater goal and the business goals and caring for my family and protecting them and all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just have to keep reminding myself that my physical health and my mental health also gives me power. <laughs> right. 
That's so and, interesting because it's like the two is similar enough that it's like <clears throat> I, I end up totally forgetting myself. Yep, mine's in a different way though. Yeah, yeah, mine's it's in a similar but my, different. In service to something a little different. Yeah, the, the result is the same. Yeah, mine's mine's kind of this thought like not thoughtless but just oh I just I so badly want to help and serve that it just I don't it's just subconscious yeah it's subconscious from both sides absolutely yeah it's interesting there's this um this fitness coach I've been following on Instagram named M Duncan Hmm. and she's in Louisville and I've just really enjoyed her perspective because she's a fitness health coach with the side of glam so naturally I'm like what's what's up what's (laughs) up you glammed out girl and she in her stories this morning had said something to me in in her stories that really resonated with me because she had an explant done last fall or last summer end of last summer um she'd had her breast implants taken out and she documented it from a very interesting perspective of um because she was into um fitness comp- competing in bikini athlete bikini before yeah. and so she's used to being like super dialed into everything like to a crazy amount and um her body just kind of took over when she her body decided that implant was not for her and <laughs> and uh, so since fall she's been on this journey to um dial herself back in but put herself in like in a safe place and like understand the inflammation in her body and things like that and it was slow and it was interesting watching her journey she took a picture of her pants she was wearing and she's like in October these did not fit me and guess what they still didn't fit me by the beginning of December and she's Mm -hmm. like here we are in February and they fit me now she goes, good stuff takes time. And it just hit me pretty hard because I've been working out for six weeks and my thighs are bigger. My calves are bigger. <laughs> I literally haven't lost any weight. I'm literally in the exact same weight I was um, a few months ago, but I'm not seeing like massive progress super quickly, but that's not my end game. My end game's long term anyway. But after six weeks of working really hard and getting like mildly injured, I'm just like, okay, I really, I need a win. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need a win. And totally you need to win oh and but seeing her perspective on that and how she was just she and then she showed a side by side of the inflammation in her face and from her explant and her face is a totally different shape it's just like you think about how many factors are are we go through in trying to accomplish certain goals and it's different for everybody like I don't have an explant that I'm dealing with and I I just have lifestyle changes that are affecting me and Everything takes time. Everything takes time. And that's okay. Uh, But we've been conditioned to want results right now. Right? Like right now. And I'm just, yeah, I'm I'm over that. It's just, that's not real life. (laughs) That's fair. All right. So first question. We got a, my family is in the middle of switching over to a more whole food based lifestyle. And I feel like our grocery bill is getting out of control. I can understand this one. How do you eat healthy whole foods and still stick to a budget? This is a tough one. Oh, yeah. But I have a bunch of budget tips. And this is something I've shared in the past with my email list. So I pulled that up and kind of changed a bit of stuff around just based on all the learning that I've done since then. Um, But it was one of my first emails to my email list, which I think, I mean, this says this is information that people really need. And I think especially Mm -hmm. um, dovetailing on the episode that we did with Heather from Cash Flowing Life to just be 
uh, more cognizant as we move through. I think a lot of people in the health and wellness space have a lot to say about the brands that they love and the Mm. products that they love. And they're all convenience things that you probably can just make yourself for a lot less money. Oh, but we all think we kind of need it to be like as paleo as we can be or whatever. It's exciting to talk about new things. Yeah. And and it's nice. It's nice to have those things, but you know what? It really racks up to buy a four or $5 salad dressing every single, you know, a few of those a week for your family when you could easily make the same salad dressing for less than a dollar. Like that's a big deal. Truth. So (laughs) that's going to be one of the tips we talk about. So I've got a few tips. I think the first thing I really want to talk about is um, either signing up for a CSA share or purchasing a meat share from your farmer. This is one I think gets overlooked a lot or it's just not talked about enough because the buy-in is pretty steep initially, right? So you're going to buy everything. And it's one thing to buy in bulk, you know, pounds and pounds of meat or whatever when there's a sale and that's great. But having a CSA share and a meat share is such a beautiful thing because you're also supporting sustainability. Yeah. And more than likely, I mean, check what, you know, competitive prices are like in your area, but more than likely you're going to get a really great deal on very high quality meat and produce. So, you know, in my area, on average, I'll get, I can't remember how long the CSA share is. It's, I want to say it's like 24 weeks or something to the, to the effect of that. And it'll be, um, I think five or $600 for the whole, whole time. But if you break that down weekly for produce, it's like less than $30. And it's so worth it because a lot of times you can find a farm if you're in a rural enough area that's like maybe on your drive home from work and you can just pick it up on your way home or you can go to the farmer's market if you're already going there and do a pickup. So a lot of the booths that you see at farmer's markets are farms that already do CSA shares. So check in your area. There's a couple of resources I'll post in the show notes for you guys to be able to find a CSA and to be able to find a meat share in your area. Grass-fed meats and things like that you can find through eatwild.org. And then, of course, you can just do like a general search of farms in your area and learn about their practices. And I would recommend visiting the farm to see that's what they're fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's really fun. And it's it's such an ultimate version of voting with your dollar because you get to you get to see basically the animals being raised at the farm you're buying them from who the farmer is who you're supporting all of that mm-hmm. and it really creates this great tangible relationship so i mean Talk i'm on about like a, a low footprint too <laughs> i'm on a text basis with my beef, beef provider and a email basis pretty often with my vegetable provider <laughs> and we talk <laughs> about nutrition and all that kind of stuff so that's I think amazing it's really, yeah it's really fun um and i'm actually hoping to have um lily who does the csa program to be on the podcast eventually. So we'll chat about that, but signing it. So CSA share, for those who don't know, it's community supported agriculture, and it is essentially where you pay a a money in advance to get a basket of produce that is seasonal, um, and specific to like the terrain in your area as well and things that are grown well. And, and that produce is going to be so much more nutrient dense because you're getting it in season. You're getting it grown where it's supposed to be grown. So, you know, for example, I'm, I'm in, um, the Oregon 
I'm in Oregon, just east of Portland in a rural area. We're not going to get a whole lot of fruit. If you have a CSA share and you live in California, you might get a ton more oranges and lemons and limes, and you probably have a longer growing season too. So you'll be able to get a CSA share that's significantly longer. That sounds oh, can awesome. you imagine getting avocados in your CSA share? <laughs> Shoot, right? the so, citrus and avocado alone. Hmm. But, you know, like we get tons and tons of greens because those grow super, super well in, in warmer and wetter conditions, right? Yeah. So there's that. Uh, and having a CSA share was something that took my family quite a while to add into the line item of our budget. But the first thing we did was actually set aside money each month to put into like a sinking fund for a CSA share. And same with the meat share. So we don't actually pay out of pocket for the meat share in that moment. It's actually something we've been saving a little bit for for a very long time. Oh, that just makes sense. And that's something you just do every year because you buy every year, right? Yep. And you can do a a lot of uh, farms will do. Obviously, you can buy a quarter cow, a half a cow, something like that. But you can also do like a chicken share where you get per you pay per pound and you get a certain number of chickens each month or uh, pork, pastured pork, things like that. And a lot of companies, or pardon me, a lot of farms will do like a mixed meat share where you can get various cuts from different animals and kind of choose. That's the one Um, I've got closest to me. Yeah, and that's kind of like the butcher box concept, but it's local, right? Where you're getting like a mixed bag of things. And you there's only so many choices that you have, right? Right. So those that's honestly like my first budget tip. And I know I fully recognize that it takes a while to get there monetarily to be able to throw down, you know, $600 for vegetables for, you know, half a year or $1,000 for half a cow or something like that. But it really is worth it. And then you've got a lot of peace of mind around how your food is being taken care of and grown. And I think usually when I, when we get our beef, it's ends up being around four dollars a pound for all the beef in our share so like ground beef roast steaks all of it on average four dollars a pound Mm. whereas if i were to purchase grass-fed beef from the store at a minimum ground beef would be probably seven to eight dollars a pound and it would be it's from brazil like it's not even it's not locally or even sustainably um, grown or cared for. <laughs> so it's, it's allows you to vote with your dollar, but also save some money too, which I don't think people talk about enough. Yeah. So that's my first tip. Um, the next thing I would recommend is kind of, uh, on the, the coattails of that, but to purchase fresh fruits and vegetables seasonally. And then if those are things you like to have throughout the year, go ahead and process and freeze them. So you've got a good stockpile. Having a really well-stocked freezer is something that really allows you to maximize your budget. And and on that note, too, purchasing frozen vegetables is actually significantly less expensive than fresh most of the time. And you can buy frozen vegetables in bulk from places like Costco. You can get them pretty much at any grocery store. And more often than not, they'll have, you know, a 10 for $10 or something like that. And um, you know, just go buy the Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 for produce to make sure you know which ones should be organic and which ones don't have to be. But that can save you some money as well, just having that resource. And that actually wasn't even on my list. I was like, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. So it, t- it tells you where you can save money by not buying organic because organic is automatically more expensive, right? So Yeah, and there's so many graphics out there for Dirty Dozen. I know EWG has their own. 
Yeah. And a lot of people blog about it too. There's tons of fantastic resources on that. But um, getting fruits and vegetables seasonally. So, you know, we always, we always get our berries during the summer. And I don't buy frozen berries from the store ever because I will either pick them or buy them from the stand um, or from a local farm and literally just freeze the the crap out of them. (laughs) And then we've got them all year long for smoothies and desserts and whatever, salads or whatever. So it's good, good stuff. Um, Third tip-ish, this is like, it's like really the 10th tip, but it's number three. Uh, (laughs) If you, yeah, if you uh, love to have um, lots of meat-based meals, try to learn to love cheaper cuts. So using bone-in, skin-on, meats that are kind of tougher cuts of red meat. So like stew meat or um, round steak or things like that. Um, and organ meats, they're all super dirt cheap. And if you have the right tools, you can really turn that into something quite amazing. Pressure cooker. So yeah, instant pot for sure. Mm -hmm. Slow cooker, like a Dutch oven, those things can really, really help. And more often than not, those cuts are actually more nutritious and more flavorful. Like give me a bone in skin on chicken chicken thigh over, (laughs) over a chicken breast any day. Agreed. And our body is made to process the fat that's on animal tissue. It's it's good for you. And it comes in synergy with the amount of protein that you need to process that fat too and vice versa. Like it's it's a good thing. So uh, going that direction and, um, you know, even if you're buying like free range, organic, all that kind of stuff, don't be afraid to buy those higher fat cuts, especially if you're buying good quality cuts. And so just as a reminder, this is like the opposite that I recommend when we talk about if you can't afford, if you're buying conventionally raised meat and you can't afford to go more naturally toward the, you know, hormone-free, antibiotic-free, free range, organic, that kind of thing, you can choose leaner cuts and then add fat back with things like coconut oil or avocado or avocado oil or a sauce or something to that effect. So that's kind of the flip side to that. Um, And then if you eat beans and grains, buying like dry whole varieties in bulk and then soaking them overnight, which is good for your budget and it's good for your digestion. It's good for your wallet and your belly. Good for your wallet and your belly. Double sell. So, um, and that, I mean, honestly, that's going to keep you away from as much processed food too, because you're not buying. And that's the thing, like making a whole foods lifestyle really, really affordable involves preparing most of your own food and really not eating any processed food because even, you know, the paleo cookies and crackers and chips and dips and all sorts of things like they are all processed food and the less of that we eat the better we're probably gonna feel and those are convenience foods as well but those are the things that really rack up your budget when you're trying to eat quote-unquote real food so really getting back to you know preparing your own from from dry as far as beans and grains are concerned and starting with square one with a lot of your meals is helpful and I know it's not always easy to do that quickly. So my next tip is to do plan and prepping your meals ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So having like a prep day and we've kind of talked about this in the past on the podcast, but you know, having that approach of, I love Cassie Joy's title of her new book. It's called cook once eat all week. I'm excited and for that. 
I know me too. And she's going to be on the podcast in a few weeks. I'm very excited. But all of that to say, I think uh, I love the concept of cooking once or maybe twice and eating all week off of what you make. And if you do that, you're going to save money because you're not eating out. You're prepared. You're ready to go. You've got all the food ready. But you had some sort of like dedicated time in the kitchen to work on the projects of food and be able to cook in bulk and get everything packaged up and ready to go for meals throughout the week. I think that's a really beautiful like workflow for life. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not easy and not everybody has time for it. That's like the real, real, but the truth is like, if you want to do a real food-based lifestyle on a tight budget, it takes more time. That's just, it just is going to take more time. Um, and there are definitely shortcuts and things like that. So we'll have to talk about that in a future episode with Cassie Joy. Um, I'm excited for that. Um, the other thing I want to suggest is taking advantage of like buying clubs and memberships for pantry staples. So Azure is one example of this is like a buying club that you might have locally in your area. Um, Thrive Market is one that's available nationally and you can get a, um, I'll have a link for you guys where you can get a little discount on your first order. Uh, I think it's 20% off your first order and you can get some of your pantry staples and they ship directly to you and it's really super convenient and it allows you to get maybe some of those more convenience, quote unquote, you know, paleo or whole food based convenience foods uh, at a much better price than if you were going to Whole Foods or New Seasons or natural grocers or what have you. So I love, 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 love Thrive Market. Um, You also can like do quite a bit of variety in what stores you shop at. So this is something that I still do. And I usually hit, I'll have like one afternoon of grocery shopping and I really do it hard like once a month. And then two weeks later, I'll do like a good replenishment, even though I probably go to the store every single week, but I will do like the majority of our like grocery store runs in like one time a month. And I'll go to Costco. I'll go to like a couple of ethnic markets to get my coconut milk and my curry powder and things like that, that are significantly less expensive when you get them in a specialty market. Um, I go to Winco or Grocery Outlet, which are two really commonly used like warehouse and discount grocery stores and Kroger or like a traditional grocery store. Um, we have Fred Meyer in our area and then natural grocers. I think a lot of people think that because natural grocers is like whole natural foods, it's always going to be more expensive, but I'm telling you, try to find a better price on sausage or dairy or organic produce at a traditional grocery store than you find at natural grocers. Oh yeah, natural grocers came about two minutes from my house not too mm-hmm. long ago. And when they started building it and the sign went up, I was like, yes! Because yes! truth be told, like I I always look for better deals with produce because it's a big deal to me. Quality is a big deal to me. Yeah, And so it was... When I knew they were coming, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So excited. I, I love their organization. I like to support yes. their store. And so it makes me really happy to do that. Agreed. Yep. And there's a few things like you can, you guys can follow me over on Instagram. I share more in my stories when I do like a grocery store haul and show you guys what I, what I pick up at various stores. But you know, I'll get a lot of our staples at Costco just because I know I can find more and more organic stuff there now. And, uh, and they have wonderful deals and no, it's not always sustainable and no, it's not always organic, but you do your best. And then I'll supplement with all the other places that we go. 
So it takes a little, again, takes a little bit more time, but it's, it's worth it if you want to save some money. So time is money. This is oh, how it works. So people. true. <laughs> so true. Um, and then, uh, the last thing I would say, um, having to do with meal prep at least is repurposing leftovers. And Ooh, I think favorite. this is something <laughs> I don't really ever eat. We've talked about this a million times, I think, but my approach to meal prep is to just mostly prep everything individually and then just combine it in different ways throughout the week. Mm-hmm. So finding ways to repurpose what you've made. If you had like a full roasted chicken that you made and you still have a bunch of shredded chicken laying around, can you make a batch of broth or purchase some broth and make soup out of it or make a casserole or make a frittata? We pretty much make, when we do our prep, we do prep usually on like Sundays or Thursdays. And when we batch cook like that, um, on Thursdays is the day we end up making like a frittata <laughs> because it's like kitchen sink, whatever's left in the fridge at that point. <laughs> it's and, like and you kitchen just... goulash. <laughs> goulash. <laughs> yeah. Goulash. Gross. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, so, but just finding ways to kind of change things up throughout the week. And I think, um, there's a Danielle Walker book. I can't remember what it's called. It was something like simple, simple meals or something like that. But she kind of takes that approach. Um, Cassie Joy really takes that approach in her Cook Once Eat All Week book. But it's the same concept where it's like, okay, let's do a bunch of prep of some different foods, but let's figure out ways to keep it interesting throughout the week and repurpose those so we don't let things go bad. Um, and that's obviously another huge way to save some money in your real food lifestyle is just avoiding food waste, right? Yeah, 100%. I hate food waste. So oh, me much. too. It it's really like, bothers me. More dollars. More right out dollars. the door. Oh, and you could have eaten it. Ooh. So I try to make everything in the food that I do make really clearly marked. I use all clear glass food prep containers unless I use my steel, which means it's ready to go to be like taken out for a lunch for myself or my husband. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of go from there, but everything's in glass so we can see what it is. And I make sure the leftovers are never pushed to the back of the fridge. Right. All the other random Gosh. stuff is needs prime right? bring it fridge all forward. location, <laughs> prime fridge location people. Um, so that I can see all my leftovers. Um, and then making your own sauces and dressing. So I kind of alluded to this at the beginning, but here's the real real. You do not need a $9 jar of paleo mayonnaise. You can make that yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Is the Primal Kitchen's mayo delicious? Yes. Can I make better mayo? Also, yes. (laughs) So... I, it's something that I think is so easy to make at home. If you have an immersion blender or a food processor, I love the immersion blender method. Um, I think Michelle Tam from Nom Nom Paleo probably has my favorite recipe. I mean, I've made it my own recipe at this point, but I don't have a blog somewhere, so I'm not going to like share that with you guys right now. (laughs) So I'll link to, to Michelle Tam's in the show notes. so You guys can see that. Um, and she's got a video and everything to show you, um, which helps, but once you've got a base for mayo, you can make almost any creamy dressing out of said mayo by just adding a seasoning and a little bit of vinegar. Like it's literally the easiest thing. Huh. Um, or I need to learn easily, about that. Easily make a vinaigrette, so you can take, uh, you know, any sort of oil, avocado oil, olive oil are my two favorites, and mix it with uh, juice of lemon, juice of lime a little bit of coconut aminos you can do you know obviously any vinegar but it's so simple to make your own dressing it takes two seconds you can prep them all ahead of time if you kind of like to eat the same dressing throughout the week or what I do since I work from home is I whisk up whatever dressing sounds good in that moment and I eat my salad with it mm-hmm. um 
where I take, you know, my mayo and I'll make sriracha mayo and add sriracha to it. And I'm like, okay, now this is like spicy dipping sauce for my fish tacos or whatever I'm eating. Um, and it's just so, 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 so helpful to have those things around. And it saves you so much money. It's, I mean, paleo condiments or real food-based condiments are so expensive. Oh, yeah. They're ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They're necessary and they're great convenience foods, but they're not going to save you money. It still is. I mean, like I said before, four, five, six, seven, even $9 for mayonnaise or a bottle of salad dressing that would cost you maybe a dollar to make. That's the that's the ticket right there is just knowing the value of what you're buying. Yeah. And then I have one more interesting tip, which is to uh, go to the farmer's market at the very end of the day. Mm. Um, and when I was when we were on a super tight budget, I would go to our farmer's market about an hour before they closed. And you can get some really, really good bargains because they don't want to carry Ooh. their produce back from that day. Ooh, so you that's can a go. Great tip. Yeah. So you can go in there and you might either have to ask them to like throw something in or they might be like, all produce is half off in the last, you know, the end of the day or something like that. That's amazing. So you'll get more limited selection. Um, but often what happens is they'll just throw a little extra to you to be nice. Hey man, so. that's like, it's like getting a CSA where you don't get to choose what's in your basket. It's just, you know, make you do, do with what you got. You can Yeah. You and this. if you're, you know, if you're eating from a farmer's market, you're eating seasonally and locally as well, which is great. That's so. kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah so I know that was a lot but that's kind of I've picked up a lot of those things over the years and done all of them myself those are such um, tangible things though that I think people really can use every single step they could choose one step a month and right? really focus on that one baby step. step it yeah baby and really it. make some make a big dent in their budget yep 100 percent. and I think that's important to know yes yes okay I think we have time for one more question real fast all right, one more question. Oh, okay. I recently saw you post about searching for a ceramic-lined milk frother, and it got me <laughs> Everybody's thinking. into this frother. Yeah, everybody's into it. I don't blame them. It's fascinating. And she says, and it got me thinking about my cookware. I would, like, I would love to know what cookware you recommend. Oh, okay. So this is a good one. I think um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of chatter about safe nonstick cookware and I think you really need to be careful with that which is kind of right. the discussion I had around the milk frother so there's like one one uh, particular coating that's like ceramic based that you um I, I think still probably needs some research and I use it sparingly um but like green life and green pans have this ceramic coating that uh tests free of lead and cadmium PFAs and PFOAs uh, and both of those are carcinogenic chemicals essentially and I can't even say the full word <laughs> I'll, I'll link to the full words for you I'm not gonna um, try and a lot of those nonstick coatings also contain really dangerous heavy metals that can flake off during cooking and into your food and even if you're not using like utensils that will scratch that surface it's still going to slowly come off like there's a, a reason why your nonstick pan stops working eventually there's no more nonstick coating on it if you have scratches in your teflon pans like they should go yeah it's, sure. and it's over <laughs> yeah um and when you're buying like pots and pans you really want to choose like non-toxic materials so um stainless steel ceramic is great um lava rock is an interesting one that i haven't lava tried rock. but i've heard yeah i've heard good things they make cookware at a lava rock what 
Um, it's the same concept as like cast iron. Um, <laughs> porcelain enamel or uh, even tempered glass. So, I mean, obviously baking in glass dishes and things like that. You won't mm. use that on a saute mode. But those are kind of <laughs> what I reach for. Um, and the only thing I would say, so I, cast iron is a huge, huge resource in our home. We have several, several different versions of cast iron pans. Um, I think I have like a pancake pan. I have one that's only for sweet things. And then we have two that are for savory and we have a big old skillet and then a smaller one that my husband uses to like cook his eggs in the morning and all of them get Mm. used. And I think they're all necessary in my tiny little house. (laughs) So that's how much I love cast iron. Um, but cast iron's not good to use for reactive or acidic things. So you don't really want to put lemon or lime or tomato or something that has an acidic quality to it because it can start to break down what's happening in the pan and extract more iron out of your food or metals than you want. Um, and cast iron pans can actually contribute a healthy amount of iron to your diet. It's a, it can be a really good That's thing. That's what I've heard. And I, yeah. which is always a bit appropriate for people like me that struggle with that. So yeah, absolutely. So, um, it's also not good for boiling anything or steaming a large amount of mm, food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's basically not notorious or good for delicate foods mm, that require hearty. like a slicker surface Mm, right mm -hmm. that makes sense um and so it doesn't mean that you don't like you if you have a really amazingly seasoned cast iron you can do a lot in it you can cook pancakes or eggs or all sorts of things that might be a little bit more a nine-year-old that puts it in your dishwasher and ruins it yeah and so (laughs) yeah there's that uh you can bring that back from the brink though that's the real real yeah i've brought it back you just have to do a lot of seasoning so i will post again michelle tam she's like one of my favorite resources for cooking um she has an excellent uh, blog post on how to season your cast iron and reseason it if it's been ruined so that's really really awesome um that's important to have because when it happens it's a panic moment yeah And then second go-to for me is stainless. So it's going to be good for basically everything that you use for steaming, cooking with fat. You have to make sure you've got a good amount of fat in a stainless pan so that things don't stick. And you also don't want to jack up the heat on it really fast because then things will stick that way too. So a little bit more gradual is helpful in stainless steel. We have stainless steel pots and pans with like a a Cuisinart set that we got as a wedding gift. Oh, uh uh-huh. I got some of those left. It's still going strong. I got the whole, I have the whole set minus like one or two things that I actually just donated to Goodwill or whatever, because I didn't need that many pots and pans Mm -hmm. when we went more of a minimalist lifestyle. And, uh, it's awesome. So as far as stainless goes, you really can't go wrong with that. Um, and stainless is actually really good for searing things and then putting them in the oven. But cast iron is really good for that, too. So you can kind of like multipurpose that a little bit. And then the last thing is um, that I really, really love is uh, enameled cast iron. So this is like a Dutch oven. So Staub or Le Creuset. Mine's a Martha Stewart version. <laughs> we're not <laughs> we don't discriminate. Uh, <laughs> we're not super fancy around here. Lodge makes some products uh, in that realm as well. Um, but they are, they look like a ceramic pot, but they're not, it's literally enameled cast iron. So underneath you've got 
a really smooth surface, but it's going to conduct heat like a cast iron does. Mm -hmm. And it's not all three of those things that I just mentioned are not going to expose you to toxic ingredients. So those are my favorites for cooking. And then, you know, the green pans, the green life, those two brands, it's kind of, they're kind of controversial. Yeah. Tell me more about this. I think we just don't know everything yet about how safe or unsafe they are um, or even how like eco-friendly they are. So I think Mm. just being mindful about not having a ton of those around. Um, I think of like my mother-in-law who goes through like 50 of these a year because she just, they annihilate them on their gas stove and then they stop (laughs) working. And I'm just like, what is this giving you? (laughs) Um, But it's, it seems like they're healthier than the, you know, like Teflon nonstick um, options and they they're they're they work really well so they're really effective at making certain things but our default is to use other pans and to just have that as a resource if we need to so that's kind of why and as far as like cooking goes as far as cooking quality goes I like the result I get better in cast iron enameled cast iron and stainless so that's generally the realm that I go so interesting this like all the topics that we talked about so far are if if y'all haven't been there with some of these things and you feel overwhelmed these are all great things to know because I've not that long ago been on this journey trying to figure out how to eat whole foods and cook more at home and these are real problems (laughs) these are like legit problems you come across like okay so I'm buying all these wonderful whole foods but I still have Teflon so yeah, what does that you gotta mean? be you gotta baby step it, you know. And I definitely did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so honestly, best advice ever coming from a professional who <laughs> gets paid to like tell people this stuff. So thank you so much for oh, all that. Oh no info. problem. I think I think the really interesting part of all of this discussion is when you're mindful toward budget and you're mindful toward like going non toxic. It almost all marries into the best quality product anyway. That's like the really funny thing. Like the stuff that tastes good is the stuff that costs less money sometimes. A lot of (laughs) times. And you just have to have a little bit more skill and finesse when it comes to cooking it. Yeah, just a little understanding goes a long way, right? Yes, ma'am. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.